place of, uh, of rebellion? Anybody ever been in rebellion? Uh, so back in February, we went to the uh, UT for the, uh, the swim, state swim championship. And uh, I wasn't feeling real good, and I decided to park in the student commuter parking lot, parking space. And uh, so uh, Tennessee's pretty particular about where you park, you know. Uh, and I thought, well, everybody always does it. I won't get a ticket. And, uh, and about halfway through the swim meet, they took a 15-minute break, and I felt like God was saying, go move the car. I'm like, ah, I don't have to move the car. Everybody parks there. Everybody does it. Kept feeling it, kept feeling it. So finally, after 10 minutes arguing with God, I ran out to the car, and the guy was just putting the ticket on the on the windshield wiper. So if I'd left 10 minutes earlier, I would have been able to move the car and not got a ticket. Well, that wasn't the only rebellion I had because I know at the University of Tennessee, when you get a ticket, they have really no power to come get you. The only thing they can really do is hold up your diploma. Well, my diploma is so old, they're not going to hold it. I said, what are they going to do? Tell me I can't come? And Matthias is going to UAH. Braden's going to University of Tennessee Chattanooga, so they can't get him. I don't think Rosalie's going to University of Tennessee Knoxville. Maybe. I don't know. Might be a chance. But I'm like, what are they going to do to me? Are they going to get me in for a $31 ticket? Am I going to pay a 30 You know, I ought to just see how far I can go without paying this ticket. Then I felt like God was saying, no, you did wrong. You need to pay the consequences, right? So I went ahead and mailed in the ticket, uh, the price of the ticket and paid the $31 to pay the ticket. But in that thought process, I realized something. You know, if, if I came from another state and I left all my bad things in the other state, would they come and find me? You know, we got extradition treaties between states, right? And working with strides, there's a lot of guys that say, well, I've got a misdemeanor. I'll just go to Alabama for a while and they won't never find me and I'll never get extradited back to Tennessee and we'll take care of it. Because they don't extradite you for a misdemeanor, right? It's like a ticket or whatever. So I was like, huh, that's kind of an interesting thought. So I was going to ask a question. Who in here is from a different state? than? In other words, you weren't born and bred in, the, in Tennessee. There's a whole bunch of us. That's what I got to realize. And we got a lot of people in our church that are not from Tennessee. So when you left your state, you could have left tickets and other things, you know, and just walked away and... There's never going to be a consequence for that, right? Well, I want you to keep that in your back of your mind as you've moved from another state. And, well, one of the other things is, is uh, 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 one of the guys in Strides uh, got a ticket the other day, and they're no longer living in the state. And I'm like, should I mail them that ticket? Because if I mail, don't mail them the ticket, you know, are they really going to pay the ticket? Because they don't live in this state anymore either. So, you know, what are they going to do to them? What, you know, they're in another state. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they do. And so we've been trying to figure all this stuff. So then I was like, hey, you know what? What happens when we come out of whatever state we were in before we were saved into the kingdom of God? What happens with that? And so today I want to, I want to kind of expand on that. So circle with me for a little while, okay? So circle with me in the scriptures. Go to Mark chapter 11.
Start reading with verse 12. Now on the next day, when they, that's Jesus and his disciples, had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. That's Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if it perhaps it would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it had not been the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, let's just stop here for a second, and then we're going to skip down to where something happens. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, what did Eve eat of that caused her to cause sin and all that stuff to go all over the world when she offered it to Adam and he ate it? What was it? Fruit of what? Tree of knowledge of good and evil. When we as Americans see Eve eating that, what fruit does she grab? An apple, right? An apple tree, right? That's what we always say. The forbidden fruit, the apple tree. You know, it's got an apple and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, in the Jewish culture, it wasn't an apple. It was a fig tree. It was a fig tree. For them, it was a fig tree. And so when they see Eve eating of the knowledge of good and evil, she's eating of a fig tree. And she offered it to Adam, who ate of it also, and that caused the fall of man. Now, this takes on a new significance with Jesus. Jesus, seeing from afar, and was hungry. Because when Eve and Adam fell, Eve said it was good for food, and she saw that it would taste good. Jesus saw from afar a fig tree. He saw from a distance something that looked like it would satisfy him, and when he gets to it, it has no satisfaction. It has no fruit. It has no, It appears to be something that would be good, and it is not good, because it does not satisfy what he wants. This is a bigger lesson than Jesus just hanging out and making a big thing. Jesus is giving a f- picture of his kingdom that we, as believers, no longer see the fig tree or need that knowledge of good and evil to actually become into his kingdom. And so when he says, let no one eat of you again, he is saying, when you come into the kingdom of God, you no longer have the law of sin and death that reigned on the entire world since Adam and Eve. He's basically saying, this knowledge of good and evil that Adam and Eve ate from, I am getting rid of it, I'm cursing it, I'm getting it out of your life, and I am making it something different. Now, if he had just done that and cursed the fig tree and walked away, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But then we come back to it. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, dropping down to verse 20, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. Where? Was it just the top part of it was gone? Where? All the way to underneath. From the roots. Sin is dead from the roots. It is not got a hold on you anymore when Paul said he said we no longer abide by the law of sin and death but we now abide by the law of the spirit we have life right and so Jesus cursed this tree and it just didn't wither and leaves fall off but it killed it in one night from the top all the way to the bottom of the root and the disciples and Peter remember and said to him rabbi look the fig tree which you cursed has withered away Peter's such the obvious guy, right? He said, hey, look, you've done something miraculous here. And Jesus 
doesn't talk really about the fig tree, but Jesus answered and said to him, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So let's talk about this. When I move out of this state, so I move to, let's say I move to, uh, what's a good state to move to now? Iowa? Uh, okay, so let's say it's Florida. I like Florida, okay? Florida's got some good stuff going on in the state of Florida. Hawaii, that would be a great one to move to, yeah. I like Alaska too, that's pretty cool too. So I moved to, let's move to Hawaii because it's kind of like cut off from everything. Okay, I moved to Hawaii. When I move, what moves with me? All my stuff and everything that I have inside of me. So this old country boy from Tennessee that's lived here all of his life moves to Hawaii. What are they going to say about me when I show up? I talk funny, I have weird habits, I'm going to get a sunburn. There's going to be a lot of things that I bring with me, my stuff, but also some things that are inside of me, my culture. I'm going to bring my Tennessee culture to Hawaii. So anybody that's moved from another state to Tennessee, when you came to Tennessee, did you bring your culture with you? Yeah, you brought it with you. You brought it with you. It takes, it takes a while to get it out of you, right? Then you finally start to figure out, hey, I don't have to be like that. Anybody moves from California, right, and all the craziness of California, it takes a while for the California crazy to actually come out of you, right? It, it takes a while for you to get the culture of whatever you've come out of as you move to Tennessee. Now, there's some things when you come to Tennessee you're not going to understand. You're going to be like, why in the world do they do that? Why do they talk so funny? Why do they say oil? You know, why do they say I reckon? You know, all that kind of stuff, you know. They're going to say, why do they drive like they drive? Why do they act like they act? Why do they eat cornbread, pinto beans, and taters? Why do they do all that stuff, you know? Why do they have that kind of, right? And so when they, you come out of a state into another state, there's a different culture. There's a different way of acting. And you bring your culture with you, but then you go and immerse yourself in another culture. So when you stay here long enough, guess what you start to talk like? You start to get a little Tennessee swing to it, right? And you get a little bit of it going because it, it's just kind of in there. You start to, and so when you talk to somebody back from the state you're from and you're saying something to them, they'll be like, what happened to you? You've gone all hick on us. You've got some country to you. you. You don't even think like we think now. What's going on with you? And so as you immerse yourself in the culture that you come to, the state that you come to, you start to look different to the state that you came from. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the same way. We just did something. We had communion. And then you had communion where you greeted one another. That's part of communion. That's the communion of the brethren, right? That's communion. You've just did something here that says that you are part of the kingdom of heaven. But do you realize whatever state you came from, whatever kingdom that you came from and kingdom of darkness, and it has states. I would call them states. It has states that you came out of that darkness into the light, you bring some of your baggage with you into the kingdom of heaven. Would you agree with that? 
Wouldn't you say that you still talk like you used to talk when you were in the state where you came from when you came into the kingdom of heaven? Wouldn't you find yourself having thoughts like you used to have thoughts from the state you came from when you came into the kingdom of heaven? Does it automatically just disappear? The other thing is, the state that you come from still wants to put holds on you. California passed a law, I think. Is it passed now? That if you move out of the state of California, that you owe them taxes for the next 20,000 years or something like that? That you still have to pay them even though you moved out of that state? That state is still trying to lay hold of people that have left the state because they don't like the state anymore. The state you left in the kingdom of darkness still wants to put a hold on you. They want to put a tax on you. They want to pull you back to whatever they've got from where you came from. They still want to extradite you back for your misdemeanors, parking tickets. They want to get you for all the things that you've done and give you consequences in your life from the state you came from. Now, here's the great thing about the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven has no extradition treaty with this kingdom of darkness and its states. You know, if I committed a crime, I might want to go to, where's a good place to go that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the United States? Huh? Cayman Islands, okay? So I moved to the Cayman Islands. The United States can't touch me. FBI can't come get me. CIA can't find me, right? They're not supposed to do anything to me because I am now in a state that has no, or a country that has no extradition treaty. The same thing is with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God does not recognize any holds or any things that you've done in the kingdom of darkness because of the communion you took, the beliefs that you said, and the statements you said about Jesus being your Lord. He is now your advocate, and when they come, the kingdom of darkness comes to try to put something on you. He says, not guilty, that's not a law of our kingdom. There's no reason you should be here, you accuser of a brethren, because in this kingdom, you have no rights. And we do not extradite you back to that state. Right? Would you agree with that? But some of us like to visit our old states. We have friends in those states. We have thoughts and imaginations from those states. And we find ourselves going back. Now, if you go back to that state, what happens? If I'm in trouble, if I have a felony charge of murder, and I leave the Cayman Islands, and I come back to the United States to visit my father and mother, who's going to be waiting for me at the airport? The U.S. Marshals or the FBI, right? Because they know if I get back to the Cayman Islands, they will never get me. So then I venture out of the kingdom of heaven... The kingdom of darkness is looking for an opportunity to snatch me, to take me back to what it has. We call it in strides, a dog returns to his vomit. Right, Jason? Yep, right? When a dog returns to his vomit is when we leave this kingdom of heaven and we go back to the state that we were in before. And at that point, we are not outside its laws because we have put ourselves back in that place. We have chosen to return to that state. So, Brian and Michelle left California, moved to Tennessee. They did the opposite of the Clampets. Illinois to California, back to, okay, so you've been all over the place, right? You're just a wandering man, right? So if they moved back to California, If they moved back to California, though, they would go back underneath the laws of California. And everything they've done in California would now be upon them again, right? Anything that would have happened. And they would know that. In the natural, you know that. 
But for some reason in the kingdom of God, we think we can play around with our old state of mind, our old state of emotions, our old state of sin, and think that it's okay because it won't hurt us, it won't do anything. But here's the deal. Just like the U.S. Marshals and the FBI are waiting for me in the airport if I come back from the Cayman Islands, so is the devil looking for an opportunity to take you back. He's looking for an opportunity to take you back. You've got to stay in the kingdom of light. You've got to stay in the kingdom of God to stay out of that. Right? And so Jesus, here in the scripture, curses the fig tree, taking sin, totally gone out of your life. You don't have to worry about sin. You're under the law of the Spirit. But if you decide to put yourself back under the law, Paul tells us you will now be responsible for every law in the book. You'll be responsible for everything that has been given to you if you go back to that place. And so what we have to do as Christians is we have to understand where we're at and where we've got to stay and what we want to do. So today, it says, say to this mountain, be moved, and if you ask and believe and say it, it will be cast into the sea. Now, I think Jesus literally means that you could cast the mountain into the sea. But what if we also take it figuratively? What if some things that you brought out of the state of mind that you were in or the state of emotion or the state of the darkness that you've brought with you, some of the culture that you've brought into the kingdom of darkness has come and you are still fighting that battle to overcome that mountain. You're still having that obstacle in your life that you can't overcome because in the kingdom of darkness, you brought it with you when you came into the kingdom of light. I believe Jesus says, if you will say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, those things that would be against you will be cast away from you. It will no longer block you. It will no longer be a hindrance to you. It will no longer be something that you have to surmount. You can get rid of it and understand that the kingdom of darkness cannot expedite it back to you. He cannot get you to come back to it. He cannot have a right to make you do it because our advocate has said, you're not guilty of that. You don't have to be a part of that. That is not a law in our kingdom. We do not have that law. We have life through the Spirit in our kingdom. And so he's given us that power. But here's the thing is we don't really do a lot of that. We think it, but we don't say it. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to do something. And I'm going to ask you to do something, and that is to say to the mountain, be moved. What obstacle, what hindrance... What thing in your state is causing you problems? Now, I just wrote down some of the states that I could think of that are in the kingdom of darkness. So I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget them. Because sometimes I get up here and forget what I'm going to say. So the state of fear. Do you know the fear is a state? It's counties and cities are worry and anxiety. Right? It's counties and cities are anxiety and worry. So if you've come out of the state of fear, if in the kingdom of darkness you dwelled in the state of fear and you had anxiety and worry and you find that you brought it into the kingdom of light, you need to understand that you need to say to that, be removed. I no longer want that in this kingdom. I no longer want this in my life. I want you cast out of my life. The state of confusion, the state of confusion, bad choices, division, disunity, just always fractured. If you came out of a state of confusion and the city is bad choices, divisions, or disunities, then you need to tell that state, you have no longer a hold on me. You need to say to that mountain, state of confusion, I no longer take my allegiance to you. Be cast into the sea. 
a state of hopelessness, depression, thoughts of suicide, hopelessness. If you came out of a state of hopelessness, you need to say to those things, be cast into the sea. Mountain be removed from my life and do not doubt that the kingdom of God does not hold you guilty of those things. You need to put them away. You no longer have to pay that parking ticket. You no longer have to pay that fine. You no longer have to go to jail for some felony that the state of hopelessness has put upon you. The state of bondage, addictions, self-destruction, your choices. If you've been in a state of bondage before you came in the kingdom of, of light, you need to tell that state of bondage, out of my life, into the sea you go. I don't want you to in, in my life anymore. Be gone. Maybe the state of unforgiveness. That'd be the cities and counties of bitterness, infirmities, torment. That's what it says that you get if you have unforgiveness. If you came out of unforgiveness and into the kingdom of dark, light, you need to tell that kingdom of darkness, those unforgiveness things, get out, be gone. Say to them, mountain be moved. Maybe a state of idolatry. That's where you put anything else above God. That would be like rebellion, manipulation, or being a manipulator, right? You need to tell that state of idolatry, be removed, be cast into the sea. So what I'm going to ask you to do as the band plays and they're going to sing or whatever, I'm going to ask you to tell that state, say it. it did, say whatever you think will be cast into the sea. No matter, no matter what you imagine will be cast into the sea. It says whatever you say, what you declare, what comes out of your mouth, the kingdom of that darkness, that state hears your words and you make it come to fruition because you say I no longer pledge allegiance to that I pledge allegiance to the United States of Confusion that's what we used to do I pledge allegiance to the United States of bondage no we no longer pledge allegiance to that we pledge allegiance to the kingdom of God my allegiance is the kingdom of God and I'm going to tell all other states to be out of my life and I'm going to say it. And I'm going to ask you to say it. And I'm going to ask you to say it as loud as you need to. If you need to shout at the mountain, shout at the mountain. If you need to just tell it with con conviction and confirmation, say it. If you just need to whisper it, if that's all you can do is whisper it, you whisper it. But you do what you need to cast that mountain, that state of whatever you've been in, to be cast into the sea to make you free. You are no longer held bondage by that. You are no longer held to those laws. You are no longer held to the consequences. Lord Jesus. Clint, you smoked. You got COPD. That was a state of rebellion, of idolatry. But you have come out of that into a state of light. You, I believe, can confess say I no longer hold that and the consequences of your COPD are no longer held to you because of what you could claim I believe our infirmities can be cast out and cast into the sea I think we can have healing power from those things even though they're a consequence of what we did in the past my kidney stones I can speak to those kidney stones to be gone even though I drank a whole bunch of cokes because I'm in the kingdom of light now I'm no longer held to those things you can speak to expunging those things, right? Because you know you're no longer held to what was held before. But there are other things that we have in our lives that we do not have to do. We do not have to be held to those things. There are things in your life that have held you back, that have chained you up. And today is the day to cast that mountain out so that you no longer have a problem with that. And so however you need to say it, 
I want you to say it. So they're going to sing a song so that it'll cover up anything you do. But if you need to scream it, you scream it because, listen, it's your freedom. It's your freedom today. It's no one's else's freedom. Nobody else is going to judge you because you're in the kingdom of light today. You're no longer held to being having to be compared to the person next to you. If you need to whisper it, that's okay. You might say, well, I'm just whispering everybody else is shouting. That's okay because that's the way you need to do it to get your freedom. But I believe you need to say it because the scripture says, say it. Not just think it, not just imagine it, not to have it in your head. You've got to speak it. You have to create it with the power of the tongue. James says, our tongue is crazy and wild. Who can tame it? Listen, we can tame it because we're in the kingdom of light, not in the kingdom of darkness. We use our tongues to create, just like the Father used His Word to create. To create for you what you want, the path that you want, and that the mountains be gone. So I'm going to be doing the same thing as they're doing it. They may have to do some stuff like that, so they may not be able to speak in the mics or whatever, but that's okay. At this point, I'm going to release you to start saying to those mountains, those places, that you no longer pledge allegiance to that state and what state you need to get out of. You may have more states than I have. That's okay. That's the ones I came up for myself, okay? So, your time to say it right now. So.